Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. The Ask Dr. Ernst Show is presented by Dr. Aaron Ernst, a board-certified chiropractic physician specializing in spinal correction, nutritional coaching, and cellular detoxification. And is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek a qualified healthcare professional before changing your health program or embarking on a new one. Visit AskDrErnst.com for more information. It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Ernst show. It's 3 o'clock here on WBT and... I am your co-host, Dr. Chris Demzar, joined by the one and only other co-host of the show. Dr. Uh, Aaron Ernst. Yes. What an honor to be here. Absolutely. So great to be here. And we're having an amazing conversation today. We're continuing what we were discussing for the last couple of weekends now, where we're bringing to you all the information that you need to know about your health, specifically to diabetes. Yeah, we've been in a series on how to naturally cure diabetes for almost two, three weeks now. Yep. And we have a really hot topic today, partly because it's our passion. That's right. This is for both of us, the first doctoral degrees we ever received, doctorate of chiropractic, which technically I think should be called doctorate of functional neurology, but you know, that's just my, my take on it. We're gonna spend some time today proving to you that science has found that your nerve tissues cause and regulate your blood sugars. Now, why is this so deep of a thought to say that your nerves if damaged, could be why you have type 2 diabetes. Yeah, well, it brings the question, have you ever even thought about connecting your nervous system to any of the organs or to your blood sugar in general, right? Because we think of diabetes just related to sugar. So how can your nerves control sugar? That's not possible, right? Well, you're right. But see, it does. But then we usually think I'm going to control my sugars by controlling what I eat. Yep. So the only way I can lower my blood sugars is if I stop eating sugar. And how many of you type one or type two diabetics have tried that no sugar diet, right? Like two weeks in, it's like, uh, like uh, the grapes are calling my name. And if only I could just have an apple. And for some of you, you're like grapes and apples. Pff, I want candy, candy and candy bars. Chocolate. And I just want sugar. Like pour the sugar straight in. What was that song? Pour some sugar on me. That's right. Like you start thinking about that song, right? So yes you can reduce the amount of sugar in your blood if you stop eating it, but that's not physically possible for the long term. Right. Why is this so important? They're now showing there's something else you can do, and listen to this when we get into the deep of it, it works the same method that medications do to lower your blood sugar, and that's addressing two nerves, the vagus nerve and the splanchnic nerve. Now yep. that's a tough one. Just try to say it. Yeah. Splanknick. Splanknick. Spelled funny, too. I'll give a free award of the, uh, what should we say? It's the efforts of accolades from the Ask Doctor and Show. You get the gold star if you can describe to me the Splanknick nerve's function and location without Googling it and looking it up. If you're on the Facebook Live area, hit comments. Where does your Splanknick nerve come from? Yep. It's a tough one. But the research shows, and this is going to blow people away. If you damage your splanchnic nerve, 
you get type 1 diabetes. And if you damage your vagus nerve, you get you can get type 2 diabetes. Right. Now, are we saying that every type 2 diabetic has vagal nerve damage and splanchnic nerve damage? Absolutely not. Just like we're not saying every type 2 diabetic is because of their diet or right. because every type 2 diabetic is genetic. Yes. So just know we're talking about nerve connection to diabetes today as a global topic, and we're going to hone in on these two nerves. How do you find out if they're interfered with and what can you do to fix this? Yeah, and, and we've mentioned this before. Every and any disease, not just limited to diabetes, disease is an accumulation in your body of very, very specific factors. And once the, there's been an accumulation where your body can no longer deal with all of the factors, it's going to lead to a disease, whether it's diabetes or thyroid or heart condition or what have you. And so in the when we are talking about diabetes today, really important to understand that nerve damage is absolutely one of those so important factors that can lead to the blood sugar changes, absolutely. the pancreatic changes, absolutely. the insulin receptor and the insulin changes that could be affecting you and the disease process within your body. Now, if we've sparked your interest and you're like, can I somehow get this stuff? Like, where do I get all the things you guys are going to show us? Yep. And remember the old ebook that we've been giving away? We're up to almost 250 downloads in just the last two weeks. Yep. Everything we're talking about is inside this book. And how much is this book? Free. It should be like $49. Oh, easily. Oh my God, it should be like well, $200. It's like a textbook. And you said old, but it's new. We are making it new. It's literally becoming new. Every single time that we out, we introduce this ebook or an ebook that's like, yeah, we know we've had, we've given away before. Oh, it's updated. It's, it's got I see new what you mean. updated stuff I see in what it. You yeah, mean. this is the new ebook, guys. This you is what this. this is what's so great about electronic books. Do you remember when we were in school? Now I might be dating myself. Okay, I would buy my neural books, my neurology books. $400 for yeah. a textbook. And I would always complain to the professor, ah, why does this book cost so much? He's like, because it solves people's problems. Everything in this book is going to help you to learn how to be a better neurological doctor. Now, next year, another book comes out. What did I have to do? I had to spend another $400. But the advent of electronic books is we just, we click update. And you know what? It's just there. You just have to download it again. Yeah. And I'll be honest, you know, so when I went to school, the school was I think gracious digital enough. books now, yeah, right? Yeah, well, right. We were given an iPad and we were able to then get all of our books. We get hard copies if we wanted, but we were they just we were able to download the ebook basically online. Yeah. I'll be honest though, and this is this goes back to what we are charging you guys listening with today. So many of the students would choose not to utilize all of the resources through the iPad. That's right. They just wouldn't even use the, the e-books that we were given for our neurology classes, for our anatomy classes, for our pathophysiology classes, right, disease-based classes. They wouldn't utilize them. And, and they would still do fine, and they're amazing doctors, but the ability to then obtain and retain and learn could have been way more than they could have ever imagined, and it wasn't utilized. So you guys listening are the same boat, and the same boat as them. Don't be those students. You want to be like us. Be like Dr. Ernst, who will continually update and make more and better changes to what's already known so that you can keep learning, you have to do the same thing. Yep. You can't just depend on us to share this information. This is your healing journey. You have to take charge of it. You want to call right now, 704-906-2094 so that you can take action, get the new updated ebook so you can know the latest and greatest about how you can heal naturally from diabetes. That's right. I'll give you the number again, 704-906-2094. Text in with your name 
and your email. It still happens every week. <laughs> Diabetes ebook send. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. But where are we sending it? So name and email 704-906-2094. So before we get into this, you just sparked a thought. Ready? You're like, <clears throat> we were in school. We had all these books. We had everything. And some students didn't even open them. Yep. Isn't that like the human condition? Yeah. So I found I find books in my bookshelf sometimes where it'll say like how to do X and I'm like, mm. wow, it's been here for like a year and I didn't ever do X. So sometimes, you know, we give these ebooks away and you download them and you stick them in a folder called free ebooks and you've probably got like a hundred other ones and you never open it and you never do anything with it, but that's normal. Like you buy yeah. how to lose 10 pounds in 30 days book. Right. Oh my God, you should read that every day and meditate on it every day. But what do we do? We, we pick it up and we glance through it. Ugh, they want me to do all of this? Nope. And we stick it on the shelf. Yep. It's almost like it's human capacity overload or information overload beyond the capacity of what we're able to manage. Yeah. And with you know technology and the ability of all this digital information to be at our fingertips, we can have endless amounts of it, but then we utilize none of it or very little of it. So it's determining what important information is needed for you so that you can live your life to the best of your ability. Yeah, and get this, right? So if I have stage three cancer, then these people learn everything about their condition. Sometimes yes. they come into our office and they seem like they know more than their doctor. Exactly. Well, I have this spread of this thing and this mutation. I'm this positive and that negative and I'm this and this and I've got all these tests and I know what all these markers mean and my chains and my this and we're like, wow. How do you learn all this? Yeah. You know what they say? Well, I had to exactly because if I want to deal with this, I need to know what the doctors are talking about. Now I like that, but you should go to the next level. You should learn so much about it that you now know what is causing it. And then you can be your own doctor. So what Fix does the ebook do? It, whoops. What does the ebook do? I'm holding it upside down. It teaches you how to identify what kind of diabetes you have, one, two, or three, how to know what you have by testing, how to read the test results yeah. and things to do to fix it. Yeah. So invaluable. Yeah. And, here, and here's, here's my last thought about all this. So what Dr. Ernst was saying, waiting until you've been diagnosed with stage three cancer to then figure everything out. That's reactive. That's a very reactive way of looking at your yep. life and looking yep. at your health. Yep. You want to not even be preventative. You want to be proactive. Proactive meaning you're taking the necessary steps now to ensure that the, the opportunity for cancer, the opportunity for diabetes never even is a thought that crosses your mind because you're doing the things now yeah. necessary to keep your health in the right state so that you never have those factors that accumulate that can lead to any disease within your body. So one last time for this moment, 704-906-2094. The ebook is free. And what comes with it is a webinar that I'm hosting on Saturday, September 10th. And it's all about diabetes. And live webinars are amazing. We get to chat with you. You get to comment directly. We answer them live. See, this show, though we're broadcasting it live, we have to wait until we stop talking to answer people's questions, right. which means you need to ask, 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 ask them down there in the chats. Yep. And we can do that for you. Okay, so real quick, I want to role play an analogy. The research says nerve damage, and I don't like to use the word damage, yeah, but damages, it's what it is. Yep. Nerve interference or mm -hmm. lack of nerve signaling can actually cause high blood sugar yes. and hypo sugars or hypoglycemia, lowering Low. your sugars. So as a doctor of chiropractic, how can a nerve both speed up and slow down something? Yeah. Is it because they're 
the same or they're different? Like, how does this actually work? Like, what system speeds things up? What mm -hmm. slows things down? And why would damage in one system cause me to have high blood sugars right. versus low blood sugars? Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about the two specific nerves earlier, right? You mentioned the vagus nerve and the splanchnic nerve. And uh, we got the, so to break it down and keeping it simple, understanding that the vagus nerve is that, that resting nerve, that healing nerve, that nerve that's looking to bring vitality and life to your body and looking to slow things down. The splanchnic nerve is part of that fight or flight nerve system. And that's going to help to speed things up. That's going to make processes happen. Both are needed, but they have to be kept in balance. And so when we talk about the vagus nerve, we're talking about the parasympathetic system. Mm. And when we talk about the splanchnic nerve, we're talking about the sympathetic nerve system. Now, the splanchnic nerve isn't the only sympathetic nerve in the body. The vagus nerve isn't the only parasympathetic nerve in the body. But those two nerves, the vagus and the splanchnic nerve. For sugars, though, right? They're the big ones for sugar. very important for yeah. sugars and the organs that are going to control the blood sugar in your body. So I showed a graphic. If you are one of our faithful streamers, meaning you watch our video stream, if you're listening on the airways or if you're on the, uh, the online streaming channels through yep. WBT or Spotify or, my God, wherever we are, because we're all, we're all over the place, and you're like, wait, I can watch you live? We have cameras and we stream it, okay? Yay! And we're looking at sometimes like the screens just so we can see who's commenting. So if you ever see us looking down, it's usually like, wow, look at Facebook right. or YouTube. Okay, so this is an infographic pulled from a study where they were digging out what portion of the pancreas tissue is controlled by what type of nerve, either yeah. splanchnic or vagus. Why <laughs> this is so important is I want to hone in on this, and I don't know if I can reach all the way, but that is the islet cell. So could you explain what an islet cell is yeah. and does and mm -hmm. why if the vagus isn't working to the islet, we get one result and why if the splanchnic isn't working, we get a different result. So yeah, absolutely. So that, that islet cell, that, those are the specific cells within your pancreas that are going to produce insulin. And we know that insulin is needed because insulin is what is going to grab, it, it essentially is going to allow the sugar to be brought into the cell, mm -hmm. right? We'll make it simple. It basically pulls sugar into your cell, from your bloodstream into your cell, keeping it that So, simple. and those cells, their job is pretty much nothing but, but making insulin. Make insulin. So they like insulin. all they want to do all day long is make insulin. That's right. So the brain has to say, yes, you can make it or right. no, you, no can't, you can't because it's like a hammer. It wants to hit things. Yes. So hammers, everything that they see is a nail. Okay. The islet cells want to make insulin all day long. So I want you to think of them. Let's use this analogy as like a two-year-old kid. I want to make insulin. I want to make insulin. Can I make insulin? Like I really want to make insulin. And the mom, the brain uses the vagus nerve to say no. no. And it uses the splanchnic nerve to say yes. So here I am. I'm the pancreatic cell and the vagus nerve. I want to make insulin. Can I make insulin? Vagus nerve says uh, nope. But I really want to make it. Like, I really want to make insulin. Right. Like, I'm I want to make insulin. No. Why not? Why, why can't I make insulin? you don't need any more. Right but now. I really want to make insulin. Like, all I want to do is make insulin. But Can I please make plenty, insulin? So no, no more. Okay, so see, when the vagus nerve works, it controls it. Now watch this. You eat something that has sugar in it. Here's the islet cells. Can I make insulin now? Like, I really want to make insulin. All I want to do is make insulin. And the and brain will send a signal through the splanchnic nerve and say yep. what? 
Yes. Okay, okay, here we go. Make it insulin, make it insulin, make it insulin. Now watch this, ready? All that insulin comes out, the sugars start to come down. The brain is aware of what the sugars are doing. So now the brain goes, hey, Splanknik, less Vegas more. So here I am. I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin. I'm so happy. I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin. How long can I do this before the brain says, stop? I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin. As long as it needs to until your blood sugars drop and get too low. And then, now watch this. I'm making insulin, you be the brain. Tell me to stop. I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin, I'm making insulin. All right, and stop. I'm making insulin. Really? Why? Why do I have to stop? Because we don't need any more right so, now. But I want to make insulin. Like but, I really, I really don't need to. But that's all I do. My whole life, I exist to make insulin. That's right. And so you're gonna, But we're going to stop those signals. So we're okay. Gonna send signals when when, when can I make insulin, though? Like, well, I really want to make let, insulin. I'll let you know. Okay. We'll let you know. Okay, I'm going to stay here until you tell me. That's that, Guys, that's it. That's it. Okay, so watch. If the vagus nerve is damaged, I, the islet cell, don't hear the stopping signal. So what do I do? I make tons, tons and tons and yes. tons of insulin. And that is called type 2 diabetes. Insulin resistance, high insulin, high sugars. Now watch, if I'm hearing the signal to stop all the time yep. and I'm not getting the signal because the splanchnic is damaged, yep. I'm over here like this. I want to hear insulin. I can't. I want to hear insulin. I can't. I want to hear insulin. I can't. Yep. So I don't make insulin. That's called type, type one, one diabetes. diabetes. So what you're saying is splanchnic nerve or sympathetic system nerves nervous system damage is type 1 diabetes yes but parasympathetic system damage or vagal nerve damage or you know nervous system interference i like to use the word tone so a change in tone within the vagus system can lead to type 2 diabetes yes and if you're like prove it to me like you guys are just two doctors on the radio what does the science say <laughs> yeah. ready for this in June of 2008, there was a study published, and the study was titled Chiropractic Care in a Nine-Year-Old Female with Vertebral Subluxations, Diabetes, and Hypothyroidism. Mm. Now listen to this. If she's nine years old, what kind of diabetes does she probably have? Most likely type 1. Type 1, okay? Because most type 1 is in children. They claim it's because of genetics, but we now know it's because of nerve issues. So watch this. A nine-year-old girl... Diagnosed with diabetes and hypothyroidism was found to have subluxations where in their thoracic spine and their cervical spine. Now, you ready for this? Successful chiropractic care for this patient resulted in a change in their lifestyle because of type 1 diabetes and the hypothyroidism yep. getting better. Read that sentence right there yeah. for them. What does this study say? Yeah. So, with under the chiropractic care, they achieved control of their blood glucose levels, right? So their blood sugars were normalized, and that was with a normal amount of insulin that was needed each day. So because normally wow. type 1 diabetics, they have to push more and more and yeah. more and more. So this 9-year-old kid goes to a chiropractor. They find subluxations in her thoracic spine. That's the splanchnic region. Yep. They clear these subluxations. The sugars improve. The amount of insulin goes down and stays maintained. And also they noticed she was sleeping better, her yep. thyroid got better, everything else. That's amazing. Now watch this. But now we, we still have skeptics, right? They're Always. like, man, I'm Always. super duper skeptical. Okay. So if we look at this, this was a four-year-old girl wow. with type 1 diabetes. Can you guys believe that? Four, four year years old? old. Went to a chiropractor and what does it say here? There was an examination performed and where yep. were the subluxations found? Subluxations found? Again, in the cervical and thoracic regions of their spine. So see, here's the unique thing. That means 
both the vagal and, and the splanchnic are yep. interfered with. Now, how many visits does it say the study was done on? So this patient was seen for a total of 24 visits. And then what does it say in the results section? And then, Listen to this. Yes. Listen to there this. There was a significant decrease in their hemoglobin A1C levels, which is a measure of how well your body's handling its blood sugar, which resulted in a lessening of the insulin administration. Now, here's where it gets crazy. The conclusion says chiropractic care of pediatric patients with insulin-dependent type 1 diabetes is presented, meaning they showed proof that it works. And of course, like all great research articles, more studies should be done to show warranted of the effects of chiropractic on diabetes. Here's the amazing thing. We find studies all the time, don't we, you and I, yeah. where we're like, oh my God, it like proves everything. But at the very end, it's like, even though we proved it to be true, more studies need to be done to prove this. Yeah. But you know, you know what's crazy too? And so this thought just occurred to me. They should have taken this research to the next level instead of calling it, and I know it's with the medical terminology, insulin-dependent type 1 diabetes. They should have called it vagus or splanchnic-dependent Thank you. type 1 Thank diabetes. Thank you. Because you know what we just found out? Wait till you guys hear this. We have the we saved the best for the second half. We have a recent study where the medical profession is using electrical stimulation. They're zapping the vagus, they're zapping the splanchnic, and they're going like this. Wow, we can make sugar go up and we can also make sugar go down based upon the frequency yeah. of electricity that they stimulate it with. Guys, they're proving everything I've been talking to you about and everything Dr. Chris has been talking to you about for years, that if you get adjusted and you calm down the nerve system from being misfiring, the tone, the imbalance in the vagus, you can help type two diabetics. And if you calm down the misfiring and the tone in the splanchnics, you can help a type one diabetic. Absolutely. But here's the kicker. We got 50 seconds. Do we actually treat diabetes? Nope. So we don't treat we're everything. helping a diabetic though. Absolutely. We're working on the nerve. So if we're going to diagnose, we would diagnose the nerve issue. Correct. We do chiropractic care to the spine and the body heals and the diabetes goes away. So did we right. actually treat the diabetes? No, we didn't treat the diabetes. We didn't treat the blood sugar. We didn't treat the insulin. We didn't even treat the organ, right? The, the pancreas, the islet cells. We didn't have to change anything about them. The we innate literally just, yep, allowed healing The innate healing of power. the body to take over all by just changing the signaling within the nerve system. Yep. How powerful listen, is that? Last week I had a, now I don't wanna say the word complaint. I had somebody say, this is not possible. You can't reverse type one diabetes. It's genetic and it's autoimmune and everything you say is a lie. And I was like, no, I agree with you. I can't reverse type one diabetes, but the human body with a functioning nerve system can. Right. And that's the power that we have to reveal too when we come back from this next commercial break. 704-906-2094. Grab the ebook before it finishes out, although it's electronic, but you can get it now. <laughs> 704-906-2094. See Ask Dr. Earn Show. We'll be right back. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Welcome back. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. We're on WBT, and it is your hour for health. It's a show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your problems. I'm co-host Dr. Aaron Ernst, along with co-host Dr. Chris Demzar. Happy Saturday, everybody. And uh, listen, over the commercial break, we were answering your health questions. So if you'd like to submit a health question, you need to visit facebook.com slash askdrernst 
or youtube.com slash askdrernst. That's A-S-K-D-R-E-R-N-S-T. We simul stream to both channels at once yep. while we're on the airwaves. So that's how you can hit us up as Q&A. And we are talking today about a, I don't know, controversial topic. The idea that diabetes could be caused by nerve damage. And yet the research shows, yes, it could be. We're not saying that every single diabetic has this, but right. we are saying that 90% plus of the ones that end up working with us have it. So there's a high likelihood that if you have type one or type two diabetes, you may be underdiagnosed with the cause yep. of nerve damage. Yep. And again, I hate to say the word nerve damage, but it's what we use to kind of invoke a thought. You talked about it as lack of nerve tone right. or interference. I think it's pretty understood that our brain sends a signal up and down the spinal cord over the nerves to make things happen. So in order for me to, no, the microphone's in the way, for me to show move your muscle. my, well, I was just gonna do that. I was just gonna move my arm or to move my fingers. I guess I could show a muscle if I wanted to, but in order for me to do anything, I have to be able to send a signal. Yeah. So how does my thumb move? And this is where it gets existential too. How do I actually do that? Like if you had to train someone else to move their thumb, you'd have to say, well, generate a thought. Yep. Think of your thumb moving. Well, I'm thinking of it. Why isn't it's it moving yet? Moving. Because you have to send the signal down the spinal cord and over the nerve roots. So here I go, ready? I'm sending the signal. Wow, look at that. Now I can feel my joints moving, so I'm getting feedback that it's moved. Right. And if I wanted to come back up, I have to send the signal for the opposite muscle. Right. And so, and you're, you said feedback, which love. So you're getting the feedback of, oh, this is as much as the joints will allow my thumb to move. And then, oh, oh I can feel that my thumb is straight up towards the sky now or towards the ceiling. This is as far as it can go. Yep. Right. So it's that constant stimulation, that constant feedback where it's, you send the thought to send the signal to actually make the action happen. The action correspondingly makes another signal shoot back up to your brain to say, hey, this is as much as we can do. We can't do any more than this right now. And in the world of neurology, this is called afferent, efferent proprioception. Now, here's the thing. Why is it that when we speak with that language, half our audience goes, yeah. what? Like, why does medicine make this so difficult? Why can't they just say the signal going down and the signal going coming up? up? Because see, as medical doctors, we want to be seen as superior authoritative figures. So we use words like afferent, efferent, proprioception. Now, when you study it, it just means that we told you. Right. One signal going down, one signal well, coming back, yep. and the ability to perceive the movement. Right. Proprioception is I'm sensing movement. Right. And so and it's and it's head down, body up. So you've got to be able to send signals from your brain down to your body, and then your body's going to send that signal back to your brain. That's yes. all the efferent, head down, afferent, body up means. So I'm going to act like a listener. What the heck does any of this have to do with diabetes? I'm glad you asked. Ready? We're going to answer that for you. You have food that comes in your mouth, and it gets absorbed in your stomach, and the sugar levels go up in your blood, and your liver senses it. Now, here it goes. Proprioceptively, if you will, Technically, it's more like neuroceptive or chemoceptive, but you get the idea. And it sends a signal to your brain. And here's what the brain signal says. 
hey, brain, there's a lot of sugar out here. I'm the filter. I'm supposed to regulate this. What do you want me to do? And then the brain says, you don't do anything. I'm going to send a signal to the yep. pancreas. That's right. The pancreas is going to make some more sugar or make more insulin. And liver, I want you to start storing some of this as fat. And pancreas, I want you to make insulin. So the signal comes up the spine to the brain. That's called the afferent. We're sending it to the brain. And then the brain sends a signal down to the pancreas and the liver. That's called efferent. Yep. Remember that? Remember Dr. Ernst being the kid? If you were here for the, for the first, first half of the down, show, right? remember Dr. Ernst <laughs> being the kid? I just want more candy. I just want more. I just want more. I just want more. Let's make more. So this is where we need more. Yep. And, you know, we'll, we'll ping these for you guys. And, you know, this stuff is in our ebook. But notice, even in the research they're showing, now this is what's wild, that 80% of the signals that go up into the brain, those are the afferent. Now think of it. Yeah. You have one nerve. 80% of the nerve is signals to the brain. And only 20% of the signals are brain to the organ. So what does that tell us? The yeah. most important signal is the... The one, the afferent, which is the sensing signal. Yep. All the sense, yeah. Because your your brain is a sensory organ. It right. has to feel and sense and see what's going on. So no wonder God gave the spinal system an eighty percent up yeah. signal well, and only twenty percent down. And I was signal. gonna, you know, you you brought up some cool things. You're saying like the 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 chemoception and so there's so many different ways that we can sense right and we know we know about the five senses that we've got outwardly but what about all the senses going Ooh, on inside there's a ton right of them. there's neurological senses there's mechanical senses like all the changes in contraction and tension on a on a on a cell or on a tissue there's the chemical Exception where different chemical changes or different acidity or alkalinity can lead hormones, to different changes. There's hormones, proteins, so, right? So there's all these different ways that your your brain has to be able to sense the changes going on within the rest of your body. It makes sense that there's so much input that needs to go from your body to the brain. That afferent signal. So now here comes here comes the joy. Okay, we we told you we were saving this till the second segment. Yep. There was a study that was done recently. And I'm going to read from the actual study itself. Quote, now I'm, I'm quoting here. The vagus nerve, which is parasympathetic, correct? Correct. Regulates energy metabolism. What does that mean? So it regulates how your body's able to make and utilize energy. From fats and proteins and yep, carbs. From what you give so it. So basically your vagus nerve regulates how you take the food you eat and make it into energy. Right. That alone is like revolutionary. Food intake. Uh, so hold on. That, that would mean that your vagus nerve tells you when you're hungry and when you're not, and it makes you want to eat and makes you not want to eat. That's right. Glycemic control. What does that mean? Yeah, so your ability for your body to regulate sugars. So hold on. This study says the vagus nerve regulates energy metabolism, food intake, and glycemic control, period. You know what that means? They already know that. Then it says, it's been found that by applying different electrical signals to the abdominal vagal system, meaning it's in the organs, yeah. we can modulate glycemia, which means the amount of sugars sugar in, in the, the blood, blood, by affecting the secretions of glucagon, stored sugar in the liver, and insulin secretions from the pancreas. Now, that sentence alone needs digesting. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. So... 
If you didn't know, your vagus nerve isn't just limited to up here in your brain. That's where it comes from. That's where it starts, but it goes all the way down. It's going to hang out at the heart for a little bit, and then it's going to go through this thoracic cavity, down lower into your abdominal cavity, and invigorate and enter a lot of the abdominal organs, your digestive organs and processes down here in your abdomen. Now, here's where this gets crazy, guys. Low frequency, 15 hertz. It's a... Uh, measurement of how powerful the electrical signal was yeah. and just you know 15 is real low yeah 15 cycles like, per second super what low. comes out of your wall socket is 60, 60. okay so that's pretty big zap right yep. i mean have you ever like like a wall socket right well voltage too but the hertz from the wall is 60. so 15 is like super duper duper low now listen 15 hertz stimulation of the vagus nerve affected both afferent and efferent fibers, we gotta go back to the diagram. So 15 hertz affects both the signals to the brain and from the brain, causing a substantial increase in glycemia. Hold on, so 15 hertz makes the liver make more sugar through the yep. vagus nerve. Yep. Now watch this. The hyperglycemic effect can be attributed to the activation of the afferent fiber. So the signal turned on the afferent fiber and the liver made more sugar. Then it said that data suggests that if you can apply a 40 hertz signal to the vagus nerve, you can lower the sugar that's produced because it affects the efferent nerve fiber. So 40 hertz stimulates the signal from the brain to the organ and 15 hertz stimulates the signal from the organ to the brain. I need to make more sugar. So what they've basically done, and this was a rat study, just so you know, like they right. didn't do this on humans. Can't do this on humans, legally. Was they found out that a 15 hertz signal makes the vagus nerve get stimulated by afferent signals and it increases sugar. They have induced a level of diabetes by stimulating the vagus nerve with the low frequency. And yep. then when you do the 40 hertz, they were able to lower it. Now, this is where it gets crazy. I want you to read this to them. Lowering the sugars using the 40 hertz was the same effect as what? So it was so as if a patient or as if you were on metformin, diabex, and diaformin, which are different medications used to, as you probably know, control high blood sugar and, and the type reason 2 for diabetes. That, the reason for that is the activation of those medications is to do what? To affect the efferent signals from the brain. Yep. So metformin, diabex, and diaformin, they actually use the same method chemically that they've now been able to do electrically by getting a 40 kilohertz stimulation. So, I, man, like we've got to digest right, this. What so, are we trying to say here? We're saying that 40 kilohertz blocks the same signal that the medications block and therefore the sugars go down. Exactly. So the same effect can be achieved as taking a medication if you were to stimulate the vagus nerve with a signal equal to 40 kilohertz. Right. So the question is, what is the natural way that your body's looking to do to help make your processes related to blood sugar happen naturally and normally within your body? Is it chemically or is it electrically? And based on what we're reading right here and where the changes needed to occur, it was electrically. Yes. 
So if you're taking some of these medications, metformin, diabex, diaformin, et cetera, you're trying to chemically stimulate. Yep, you're trying to make an electrical problem go away chemically. Exactly. You can't do that. Exactly. That doesn't work. Man, I'm so glad you hit that because the only way to make an electrical problem go away is to solve the electrical That's right. issue. Would you hire an electrician to fix a plumbing issue? No. Would you hire a plumber to fix an electrical issue? Absolutely not. Would you take a medication to solve a diabetic issue? Never. That's the same thing as getting an electrician for a plumber and a plumber for an electrician. Now, how do we solve this electrical issue? Because this is super deep. Right. So what, <laughs> it's super deep. And this is where when we talk about neurological interference, a change in tone, this is where you have to assess not just the joints, not just the bones of the spine. You have to assess the nerves themselves to determine where has that interference occurred, where is there a change in tone, and then what electrical stimulation is needed. Like where along this entire spine, where along this entire nervous system, which starts down here in your tailbone and goes all the way up here into your brain, where along the system does an electrical stimulation need to be applied so that you can make the electrical changes needed so your body functions the way it's supposed to. And the research shows it's in two areas, the vagus nerve and the splanchnic nerve, and so neck and mid-back. Now, listen, real quick. If you're like, how do I find out what kind of tests I can get that can do this? How do I even read the test? Like, if I get an x-ray, how am I going to know if I have vagal nerve damage? Yeah. Guys, it's so plain as day in the ebook free. We have samples of x-rays, one with no damage to the vagus nerve, one with tons, so you can see the difference. We have areas where it shows the splanchnic mid-thoracic damage and ones that don't. Get the ebook because your answers are here. 704-906-2094. You can call or text 704-906-2094. I know I'm interrupting, but they've got to get the book to know what we're talking about. And so if you're listening right now, you're going, well... What you've talked about the splanchnic nerve, you've talked about the vagal nerve, but where are they? Like you've got the spine, show us. So I want to do that really quick. The vagus nerve is going to start above the skull because it's starting in the, in the brainstem. System. Yep. So within the cranium, but then it's going to come down and hang out and cross over right here where these top two bones in your spine are. So when we talk about there being a change in the vagal nerve, in the vagus nerve, we've got to know what's going on in this area directly here. C0, the skull, C1, and C2, the top two bones. And in the we're spine. looking for the alignment. Yep, so it's an alignment issue. But like I said, and it's, position. It's, it's a positional issue. And, but then we can, we can go a step better. Have who here listening has ever had a thermogram testing before? So we can actually test the, the inflammatory or the, 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 the nerve function changes within your, with the, the electrical, power. yeah, the power within your spine. We can do that with a thermogram. And so if you haven't had that done before, it's going to show all the time. And, and how many patients come in and have some vagal change or have some vagal dysfunction that we can test and identify with our thermography test? The majority in like exactly. 90, 98%. Exactly. Now, real quick, can you guys see this? Like I'll do it, I'll do it from this way, okay? Notice how this neck curves to the left, our left, Mm. And as a result of that, the skull is leaning this way. So right. you're looking at this person from the front, right? From now. the front. And if we turn it around, but we don't want to confuse you, well, now it's curving to this way, which is still the left, but it's our right. Anyway, here they are, and they're curving this way. Tell me if you would agree. We could see on an X-ray the skull is tilting. Yeah. And we can then measure the space, and more than likely, this would be a left-sided vagal nerve compression. Right. So we have to take a view from the front now. 
In the side, what we want to see is a curve where the skull is up and there is space, like see I can stick my finger there? Space, so if this skull is down or if these bones are turned, they're gonna present in a pattern that a computer can measure and assess the amount of compression. Right. Same thing with the splanchnics. We can look at the individual vertebrae of the back. So if we see an x-ray that looks like this, we're gonna go, whoo, that's a scoliosis with splanchnic nerve irritation who also has vagal nerve irritation. Now you would probably be like, isn't this visible? Well, in this example, yes, but watch this. If I curve like that, they look straight from the outside, but on the inside, that's called scoliosis, spinal nerve irritation. And can this cause diabetes? Yes. yes. Now, well, is this a treatment for diabetes? No, no, never. Because we're saying it's a nerve issue. And if you were to, through chiropractic care, realign that, straighten the spine out, put the curves back in, get them back to normal, lift the skull, now you have normal nerve tone. Yep. A thermogram would be cool. Yep. And what would the result be typically? Are if you, they have high sugars oh, and they're diabetic, gotcha. and we you would, reverse this. You would see that your blood sugar is normalized. You should. Yep. And we would. So, and I, I just want to bring up a point too because. You might be listening going, well, I don't have scoliosis and I don't feel like my head is in this tucked back position where I'm going to have all this vagal compression. You don't know until you test. That's correct. And you don't have to have some massive scoliosis to have a change in the electrical firing of your nervous system. Right. So it's not about like scoliosis is a very physical thing, right? Something that medicine can measure. So that's why it's so extreme. And we see these massive extremes of a 10, 20, 30 plus degrees changes within the spinal bones. But when it comes to the changing of the electrical signals within the spinal nerves, within the spinal cord itself, there needs to be very little change yep. at all. Anything so, outside of normal, it can, that, that's a physical change, that's a physical alteration, can lead to a change in the signaling within the nervous system. And Dr. System. Chris, what you're saying is, we measure in micromillimeters. Yes. Did you hear that? Micromillimeter. Yes. Now, we can't zoom in with this camera, but I want you to envision this. If there is a micromillimeter, did you guys see it? So like I'm moving my hands just the slightest bit. A micromillimeter shift can cause a micromillimeter interference. And if you are okay with 96%, I'm not. Right. I want 100. 100. Now, there can be millimeter movements, two millimeters. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that's Woo. frank nerve damage. Yep. 80, 90% loss of signaling. So you're right. I use the analogy because it's visible, but you could have a spine. There's still, see it right here? Right there. That's still an alignment issue because it's micromillimeters out as opposed to it being perfectly aligned. And the neat thing about today's technology, we can measure every spinal bone down to the micromillimeter measurements of perfection. Yeah. So we can find microscopic subluxations That's now. That's right. That's right. It's Microscopic huge. ways to determine. Well, and let, let me put it this way. So we're talking about alignment and there being a misalignment, right? That is a physical change that requires a physical, uh, 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 a physical way to correct that. And so the adjustment is very physical in nature. And some of you have been like, yeah, I've been under chiropractic care before. Was it specific to what's going on with your spine? That's matters, but you need that physical correction because what's that going to elicit? That's going to elicit an electrical change 
inside your nervous system, yep. which is then going to reset, which is going to realign, which is going to invigorate and change all the organ functions because they are controlled organically by electrical signals. And here's what's really difficult for people to understand. When a chiropractor does an adjustment, that physical adjustment is turned into an electrical change by the body. Mm. Whereas when you take a drug, that chemical change is turned into a chemical change by the body. Yep. Like you said earlier, I'm asking a plumber to fix a nerve issue, an electrical issue. Not going to happen. Nope. If I get an electrician to fix an electrical issue, we get a change. Yep. I know it sounds weird, but chiropractors are technically neural electricians. They reset fuses. They bring tone back. They reassess and set the energy by doing an adjustment. So if a spine is, whoa, that's very bad. But if a spine is out of alignment and a chiropractor goes like this, the physical movement creates a piezoelectric wow. effect. Wow. They've actually studied what this. What a word. It creates the energetic shift. So you zap it with energy. And yeah. I don't know if they've measured it yet, but according to this, it's somewhere in the range of 40 kilohertz yep. for the Atlas because yep. it calms the response. That's and right. you get a better response to sugars when your nerves are working. That's right. Is that amazing? Ta-da! Now, I know we've gone over your heads, possibly, so if you want all the info, get the ebook. This is your last chance, 704-906-2094. 704-906-2094. Tell us what you're about to say, and then we can close out. I was just gonna say, and if you got confused by that piezoelectric word or piezoelectric, it's simply the ability of something to, to transfer energy from one type into another. So physical to electrical, electrical back to physical, and our bodies are piezoelectric beings. That's what makes us so powerful. It all just depends on what type of energy input yep. is needed for us to function. And how about this? We are not chemico-electric. It doesn't exist. No. There's a piezoelectric effect, but there's no chemically, medicationally electro effect. It doesn't exist, right. which is why you can't take a pill to fix a nerve problem. Got it. Boom. What a way Thanks to so end. much. Man, we had a lot of fun today. Yes. Hopefully you found it informative. Again, 704-906-2094 is the call line for the ebook, the webinar, and we'll see you guys next week as we talk about now type 3 diabetes. Be blessed. Enjoy the week, you guys. Bye-bye.